back. And we're back. <coughs> Yet again. Yet again. We are Chronicles of Fiction, which I feel like we keep forgetting to say that. We do, always. Always. If you stumble upon this uh, stumble upon this podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know who we are. We don't know who we are. We don't, we don't know, know what, what our mission is. is. We definitely don't know what day it is. That's not going to happen. Is it Friday? Is it even daytime at this point? No. It's very cold and rainy here. It's cold and rainy and dark and... <laughs> and my best friend late. just moved to Florida and she keeps posting the temperature every day. It's like 80s and I'm like, I Nobody hate you. you. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> She's like working on my tan and I'm like trying not to drown. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hate it. Mm-mm. So tonight's episode is probably going to be a little short tonight, guys. We're both... Busy, crunch for time this week. Um, In other words, and just downright tired. Yeah, I've been up since five. It is now seven p.m. and I mean five a.m. I didn't. (laughs) 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 I've been up for two hours. Hours to go back to bed. (laughs) That's a mood I have felt. Implications. I love it. Yeah. No. But. Yes. Yeah, so, so we're gonna continue. tonight's going to be a little, yeah, shorter. Continue on with uh, the prologue for part two, and then we'll probably read the next chapter. Yeah. Um, and that'll probably be it for tonight. Which he told me there's a lot of action in the next chapter. Ooh. So hopefully that'll yeah. be good. I know. Of course it'll be good. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so real quick for the content. <laughs> if you entered it, the deadline is the 15th of February. That's like... Friday. Something. Somewhere around Friday. close to here. Yeah, yeah. I think so it is Friday. So basically, get on it. If possible. Where do they enter it? Or where's the... Um, so just write the story on Wattpad and then tag oh. Gareth Ardunadine as well as me, Sylvan underscore LS. Okay. Easy enough? Yep. Easy Pretty enough. much. <laughs> I apologize for this cough again. Oh, I didn't tell you. So, um... I went to the doctor, guys, to get this cough checked out, and she said I either have some sort of, like, bacteria infection left over from my cold three months ago or asthma, but she was leaning towards asthma. Or so, she's dying. Or I'm dying. Could be that one, too. Could be that one. But, um, so she said that she was going to send over an antibiotic prescription and an inhaler prescription because she was telling me how to take the inhaler, like, how many times a day to take it. So I called the pharmacy yesterday to figure out how much it's going to be, and they're like, it's going to be $32. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds really cheap for both things but okay like awesome like, i'm not going to complain about it so then my friend picks this up my stuff today and all they had was the antibiotic they didn't have the inhaler so oh, now i've got to call the doctor tomorrow and be and like uh i know mm-hmm. i'm like uh hello and i was looking forward to it because i feel like that's probably going to help me more than the antibiotics yeah. are you'll have a more immediate yeah result yeah day or day, i think maybe <laughs> Not so, that I know anything about inhalers. Still coughing, guys. Sorry. But hopefully trying to get it yeah. remedied. Actually remedied. And by the way, because Caleb wondered this, the reason why I don't read because she's coughing is because I am just not good at it. Yeah, so we tried once with her reading, and it was <laughs> not very good. I love her so much. I know, it was awful. Yeah. I cannot read. And I'm not really good at it either. I sound very... um. I have a uh, very monotone, like... I, but, like, I'm way worse. Yeah, you, like, hesitate on your words I'm more, like, so... I'm like, and... Uh, 
grass was green. So yeah, that's why I read and not her. She yeah. sucks at it. You guys get the coughing. I'm sorry. I'm really afraid that that's not gonna merge now. Okay. Okay, so we just, like, it just stopped recording on us, and so we're hoping, we started the recording again in hopes that we can merge the two yeah. recordings together. If not, if this not, is going to sound weird. It's going to sound weird, and we haven't, we didn't read anything on that other. Yeah, nothing was read on that one. We're getting read. ready to. It was just... We're reading the prologue for part two of Sands of Rune, and we'll probably read chapter, it'll be chapter nine. Chapter nine. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all we're really going to dive into tonight, because we both have just life Oops. going on. Just jobs. That well, too. you might have a life. I'm not really sure. Not tonight. I am watching this fantastic show on Netflix. <laughs> and I am Tell everyone. With. Inform everyone what it's you are called, watching. It's called. Now, y'all, I love some trash TV. TLC got me all day long. Oh, but this is trash TV with an accent. I mean, you can't go wrong. So it's called Yummy Mummies. It's <laughs> the dumbest <laughs> name. And well, it's about these Three Australian girls who are super rich, like lavishly rich, and they're all expecting their first child. Actually, I think one of them is on her second. And then there's this other girl who's from Adelaide, um, Australia, but she's like the definition of a spoiled, rich, bratty kid. And she thinks that these other girls are trying to compete with her when they don't really give a crap about her. <laughs> she's like trying to like one up them on her baby shower. She has a Versace baby shower. And if you don't know anything about I Versace, don't know what that is. think of the gaudiest gold piece that you could have in your grandma's house. That's Versace is worse than that. Oh, wow. Uh huh. That was her whole baby shower. <laughs> that poor kid. Oh, you. Oh no, you don't even That's know. Borderline child. You don't even know. It is child abuse. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It is. She bought so many clothes for the baby that she 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 calculated up. She'd have to change her three or four times a day for the child to wear everything. Yeah. Ah, uh huh. No. I'm yeah. like, well, you have seven. <laughs> That'll last you two days because you're a baby and you make a mess. And then I'm going to have to then do laundry I probably, that's all I can afford. And I probably won't do laundry, so that's what towels are for. That's, that's what blankets are for. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Thug Life, kid. So, yeah, um, I'm just that's all I'm doing on my night off is, is just watching this glorious trash TV. I love it so much. 90 Day Fiance is my next one that I'm going to binge. I love it. That's something I would watch. Did I just admit it's that on So there? good. Have you? Do you know what it's about? I mean, it's. I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, my friend Chrissy and I have watched the first two episodes, our first two seasons together. She's, I think, all the way through it, so I'm gonna start on season three, so I can be all caught up. Oh, all caught up. Huh? I need to just I need to just stop watching Friends over and over and over and over. You really should like Friends is great. Don't get me wrong, Friends is great, but there's such good so much good TV out there. Good TV. Trash TV too. Trash TV. Yes, there is good TV out there. Yes, there is. But there is trash. You should TV. watch the Ted Bundy confession tapes. The what? The Ted Bundy confession tapes that are on Netflix. Ooh, They're so it. good. I put it on last night when I was trying to go to sleep because mm -hmm. oh, I was yes, like, what else? <laughs> <you> <laughs> <too>? <laughs> what else do you put on? Something about serial killers. But, um, like, I obviously I know about Ted Bundy, and, like, I know that he was a good-looking serial killer, but that's truly about the extent of it because of how we were raised. Like, we didn't, yeah, no, we didn't learn about any of that. So, like, 
the whole confession tapes, like, it's going into, like, his trials and how he escaped jail twice. And, and like, put it on to fall asleep. And then I'm like, no, nah, just turn it off. Just turn, turn it off. off. I'm going to stay awake. And I can't stay awake right now. It. <laughs> so it's really good. You should watch it. Okay. That's good. All right. Back to what we were doing. We're trying to get through oh, this yeah. tonight. <laughs> <coughs> All right, guys. So this is part two. This is the prologue for part two um, for Sands of Rune. We left off with, uh, did he ever tell you how to pronounce that? Lokrim? No, he didn't. He, he was, I was driving to second job today and he was like, there was something else that I was supposed to tell you, but I don't remember. And I was like, gee, that's helpful. That, that, was, that was it. That was it. So we left off with Rukil joining the Lokrim. I don't know. Sure. Let's go with that. I hate it so much. I'm going to have to call him myself. Do it. <laughs> Before I'm, these I'm... sessions and be like, all right, let me scroll through here. What do we got here? We got. <laughs> all right. <coughs> you good? Okay. Let's do this. <clears throat> A guard stood watch above the gate, peering into the lifeless fog. The sound of hooves allured him to the rider, emerging like a ghost from the mist. Who goes there? He called out into the night his deep voice echoing on the sun-bleached walls that stood in the distance. The rider stopped at the gate and looked up. It is I, Boromir, son of Denethor. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I whispered as if they can't hear. <laughs> you, they, see, if I whispered, they would be able to hear because you made me put my mic way down here. I did, because you were loud. <laughs> you were a loud child. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It is I, Boromir, son of Denethor. Open the gate and quickly... The guard nodded curtly and turned, shouting orders to the soldiers below, and they pulled the gate open slowly. It creaked loudly until the massive door ground to a halt, left wide open to the night. However, Boromir didn't wait for the gates to finish their journey, but rode through, galloping madly up the street. <coughs> the keep's doors burst open, and Boromir strode purposely, 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 forward. The captain of the town guard hastily entered from a side room in the process of throwing on a shirt. He had clearly just woken up. An army approaches from the east, Boromir said urgently. Our scouts say it is no more than three days' march from here. The captain blinked groggily, as if not totally comprehending his words. Whose army is it, he grunted. Expression, expression suddenly get grave. Well, at least it looked grave. He could be wrong. There's Easterlings. Hundreds of them, and there appear to be south, southrons, as well as orcs. I do not know what their plan is, but you must alert the soldiers. Boromir grabbed the captain by the arm. Irritated, he roughly pulled away, clearly annoyed at having been woken. You alert them. I'm going to sleep. That's he a shuffled move. away and slammed the door to his room. Me! <laughs> Boromir put a hand to his head and groaned aloud. He'd have to do this himself, as always. See, the, the, you're Boromir in this. Huh? And I am the other dude. And I'm yeah, like, you're no, not wrong. Wait. You're like, fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah, no, you're not. You're not wrong. <laughs> I love how Autumn Sunfire corrected him on his. What did she and say? And she fixed it. She said one thing, though, it should be, it is I, Bormir, not it's me. It's me. And so he did correct it. I uh, love that. She is the greatest because... She gives so much praise, and then a, a, enough. <coughs> so, 
when she gives criticism, like, I take it very... Right. Soon because I respect her. And right, right, right. a beautiful human being. I think it's great. <laughs> and I love her to death. I think it's great. Chapter 9, First Contact. <coughs> we had marched for days. Once we had left the desert, the landscape had changed drastically. The ground was barren and rocky, and a foul smell like that of rotten eggs permeated... The, permeated? Oh, my God, I can't English tonight. It did something to the air. <laughs> did something to the air. <laughs> it was rather unpleasant to be around, though we couldn't much help it. Is it Hadar or Hadar? He didn't tell me that either. So you know what? That's hit. That's on him. If you're pronouncing it wrong, it's because he didn't tell. I'm sorry, Caleb. It'll be fine. Hadar told, had told me we were north of Mordor and that only the ominous black mountains in the distance separated us from that land, the land of shadow. It had long ago been laid to waste, but it was slowly being rebuilt under the ever-watchful eye of Sauron. It seemed also that a noxious gas wafted up from fissures and crags, crags hmm? in the rocks. Ooh. Those are words that, like, I can read fissures. it in my head. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. As soon as it touched my eyes, it burned them, making it difficult to breathe and see. But still we marched on. There was no turning back, not now. Eventually we came to a large gate. It was black as the void, with jagged pinnacles on the top that seemed to leer down at us. <sighs> like the teeth of a giant beast. As we drew closer, an orc heralded our, our approach from one of the jagged par parapets. Alright, Caleb. What up with the extreme <laughs> English grammar in this? <laughs> We went from normal to like I can't even like what what even is this? What? Jacket parapet parapets. Close enough. <laughs> See, I had you point these out, and then I'm like, no help. Well, it's also annoying to me because like I've seen the word before and I know what it means, but yeah. it's one of those that I've always just pronounced in my head, and I'm like, That's oh, like all of the words I might me. not Welcome be pronouncing this correctly. <laughs> I don't read aloud very often, people. Uh, his voice harsh and guttural as it rang through the air. After a moment, the gate opened, gaping like a great maw, standing ready to devour us. We didn't enter. <sighs> For the army was ordered to halt just outside. Only Lord Karnar and his reten retinue went forth through the gate, soon disappearing into a cavern. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, how many words per paragraph can he put in here? Like, what? <clears throat> in other words, Caleb, your vocabulary is bigger than ours. No, no, no. His vocabulary jumped from part one to part two. <laughs> well, I think he had an editor for part two. Ah. Uh, I think that's what happened. Okay, okay. That would make sense. Because it literally, like... This, it's not that it's written any differently, but the the vocabulary, the vocabulary is, is definitely jumped. jumped like uh, it's definitely elevated. Yeah. Not in a bad way it's, at no, all. It's good. We just can't read it. <laughs> it's not the. Yeah. No, not gonna happen. Definitely a clear improvement from. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course, I don't know how much. I don't know what was editor and what was. It. Of course, he may have just done a lot of editing. Yeah, he may have. Part two rather yeah. than part one. That's true. Because nobody likes editing part one of a book. Yeah. Super boring. Or book one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we just had this moment of truth in our eyes. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to edit. 
All right. <clears throat> the black gate, Bran whispered hoarsely, awe and fear lacing his words. He stood directly beside me, and I glanced over at him. His icy blue eyes seemed to try oh, to take in the massive gate, or as much as he could. It would take many years to fully understand and get used to the menacing structure. I wonder why we stopped, I murmured back quietly, though my expression didn't change. Silence, an officer shouted as he rode past on horseback. I immediately shut my mouth, not wanting to draw attention to myself any more than I had to. As the minutes seemed to stretch into hours, I began to grow impatient. We'd been waiting there for hours, and it was beginning to grate on my nerves. I didn't have any idea why we, weren't, why we were even there or why it was taking so long. I just wanted to do something, move, talk, anything. But as the officers hadn't ordered us to be at ease, we all stood stiffly at attention for an excruciatingly long time. Sighing softly, I rolled my eyes and risked a glance upwards to the top of the gate. <clears throat> In the depths of the swelling shadows, several orcs stood talking quietly and gesturing towards us. I had heard tales of the orcs. There were tribes of them in Rune, though I had never seen one face to face. Even from this distance, I could see that they were horrid creatures, their small squinting eyes roving about from dark wrinkled faces that were scarred and tattooed beyond recognition. They were savage beasts that fought themselves as much as anyone else. Unfortunately, the calm didn't last for long. Their voices began to grow louder and louder, the clamor reaching the ears of my group. It lasted quite a while, and their speech was grating, crude, and rough. I wondered how long they would keep it up. It went on, slowly rising in volume until it peaked, one of the orcs drawing a crooked sword. The brute didn't hesitate to run the blade straight through his comrade, following up with a fierce kick that sent him careening off the wall. As the creature hit the floor with a dull splat, I raised an eyebrow in amusement. The stories of their treachery were founded, evidently. Finally, and much to my relief, Lord Carnar emerged from the gate, but he was not alone. Behind him marched orcs, and a lot of them, each heavily armored and wielding crooked weapons and large cruel shields. Instantly, I heard, I heard Brand inhale, and I looked over him. Not orcs, he breathed, his voice shaky. The fell creatures sloped heavily along and easily fell in behind the lok rim. They spoke to each other in rough, scraggly voices as they milled around, painting a clear contrast with the uniform stillness of the Easterlings. Even the mercenaries looked disciplined in comparison. Loke Rim, our Lord Sauron has sent these fighters to aid us in our attack. Treat them as you would your own comrades, Lord Karnar bellowed loudly as he rode slowly down our line. I glanced over at the orcs who were either examining their weapons or sneering at us with barely concealed contempt. And their expressions reminded me uncomfortably of a hungry predator watching its next meal. It was obvious they didn't like us. The feeling was mutual, and if my face wasn't mostly hidden by the thin burgundy scarf I wore, I'd sneer back. Although, I admitted, orcs were beneath me. No point in wasting the time. I turned back to face forward just as one of the officers cried out the order to march. The column once more resumed the monotonous march, and we made our way, we made our way from the black gate, the orcs keeping close behind us. Something about this alliance made me feel uneasy. Later on, nearing sundown, though it was hard to tell in this barren land, we made camp for the night. It was what Hadar had called the Dagorlad Plains. <coughs> it looked slightly less barren here, but only slightly. Sickly, yellowish-brown grass sprang in clumps and places, fighting to survive against the weeds. <sighs> Several trees dotted the landscape, though they appeared dead, their branches reaching towards the sunlight like the knobby hands of an old beggar. 
I set up my small tent near one such tree. Despite the land, the tree gave a sense of security. Its branches reached over me, almost protectively. Beside me, Hadar and Bran set up their own tents, and we all took a seat. In the silence, I glanced around, taking in our bleak surroundings. To the west was a fog that hung over the ground, and strange lights flickered through it. Do either of you know what that is? I asked, quietly gesturing towards the mist. Those are the dead marshes, Hadar responded, purposely speaking in a low, mysterious voice. There was a great battle that took place there in the Second Age. They say that you can still see the dead in the water, elves, orcs, men, and the lights will guide you further and further into the marsh, luring you in until all hope of finding your way back out is lost. Then you will join the corpses. I smirked at Hadar. You don't really believe that. The body surely would have rotted hundreds of years ago. Hadar simply laughed in response. You are right, my friend. I am sure those are only old wives' tales meant to scare people away. Still, people have gotten lost in there before. Most travelers prefer to circle around them. I assume that's what we'll do then, I asked, still staring unconsciously into the ghostly fog. Of course not. Gondor is southwest. We have no need to worry about the marshes. The road will lead us to our destination. Hadar quickly rummaged through his supplies and held out a piece of dried meat. Kind jerky. I was told it was very good, he grinned reassuringly. Shrugging, I took it and laughed slightly. My people eat this every day. We heard the kind. It's quite good. I took a bite and chewed thoughtfully. The gamey taste of the meat reminded me of my home, if it could be called that. We never stayed in the same place long. We always followed the wild kind herds wherever they went, hunting them and living off their meat and furs. My tribe was far from was far from a good place to be raised, though. Many children died before they reached adulthood, not just because of the fights, but because of the times of famine, when the kind were scarce. It was a harsh life, one that I was glad to, ha- glad to have left behind, even if this wasn't much better. A firm hand on my shoulder brought me back to the present. There's a man to your right. He's been watching us this whole time. It seems odd to me, Brand whispered nervously his eyes darting back in that direction briefly. And, uh, Wattpad is not loading. (coughs) We're gonna try refreshing this page. Oh, my internet's even working. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, it's even working, like... What is the deal? What is the deal? Uh, let's see. Well, it just skipped ahead pretty far. Okay. There it is. <coughs> sorry, Raising an... <laughs> yeah, sorry guys, it, w- it wasn't loading. Raising an eyebrow, I waited a moment, then slowly glanced over. Seated near a small fire was a lone man. His face was covered by a scarlet scarf, and his piercing green eyes gazed intently at me. But that hardly kept my attention. What I noticed immediately were the strange blades that were attached to his hands. What? We have Edward Scissorhands here? You don't understand that reference. Nope. Darn it. Alike in appearance to long claws. Wolverine? Okay. Do you get that one? Okay. That I know. That I know. They were engraved with intricate 
intricate designs, almost appearing to be ornamental. They looked severely sharp, however, like wedded swords. The unusual man seemed to notice my attention and firmly skewered a leg of mutton with his claw and brought it to his mouth. He then turned away from us, lowering the scarf to eat. I looked back at Hadar and Bran, confused. Is he even one of ours? I asked suspiciously. Hadar's eyes narrowed considerably. He's been with the mercenaries for three days now. He slipped in among them and nobody has noticed, except me. He flashed a cocky grin, filled with pride at his own observance. Who do you think he is? Carefully considering the question, I looked at looked at the Hadarim... Haradrim? There's two A's. No. <laughs> I've heard it said... Okay. Hard dream. Hard dream. Hard dream. That's close. Hard dream. Something like that. He looked back, his eyes twinkling with mischief. Have you heard of the Order of the Moon? He asked in a whisper, leaning in as if he was sharing a secret. Aren't they assassins? Bran asked. Hedar tried to stay serious. I think he's one of them. I laughed. The Order was more a legend than anything. Ominous warriors wearing golden masks, hunting targets from the shadows. They were, they were sometimes jokingly used as an explanation when people went missing, a boogeyman of sorts. They don't even exist, I said after a moment of laughing. Hadar joined in. Aye, truth be told, though, he could be anyone. Hearing my friend's tone, I suddenly grew serious. Why is he here, though? It seems more than a little strange to me. Hadar grinned again. Let's go ask him, shall we? I wasn't so sure, wasn't so sure that was the best idea. But before I had a chance to protest, Hadar rose from his seat by the fire. As I stood, I turned, and my mouth opened in shock when I saw that the strange man had disappeared, vanished. There was no sign that he had even been there. Not even the fire had been not even the fire he had been sitting by moments before remained. No smoldering coals, no smoke, nothing. Well, seems like our man didn't want to be discovered, Hadar commented wryly, some disappointment in his tone. Shrugging and being more than a little tired, I waved it off. It was probably nothing. Ha! How is that nothing? <laughs> you know, you get to the point where you're so tired, you just don't care. I mean, no, you're not wrong. <coughs> Me right now. <laughs> ah, well, I'm going to sleep. The road is long tomorrow. With that, I promptly pulled back the flap of my tent and collapsed onto the ground. My feet were killing me from the march, and I was exhausted. I didn't even want to think of assassins or strange men. We hadn't stopped long enough to sleep in three days. I had the right to believe I deserved some rest, but sleeping on cold metal was hardly comfortable. Sighing loudly, I pulled off my armor piece by piece, enjoying the increased mobility offered by removing it. Then, stretching my arms and legs, I curled up asleep before my head hit the bedroll. Well, that's uncomfortable. A little bit. <laughs> I awoke to the sound of men crying out and armor clanking as soldiers rushed around the camp. Alarmed, I hastily strapped on my own armor and rushed out of the tent. I was met by a chaotic sight. Several soldiers were lying dead on the ground, gray feathered arrows sticking up from their backs. Others hastily formed into teams, Ooh. turning every which way to face a threat that seemed to come from no decipherable direction. An officer galloped up on horseback, waving his sword in the air. Form a shield wall! It's an ambush! he cried out. I hastened to my comrades, rectangular shield held high to protect me from any missiles that whizzed through the air above. 
The other men had already formed into a square, and I was unfortunate enough to be caught outside it. I recoiled when an arrow hit my shield, bouncing off of the clay. I spun around in that direction it had come from, seeing that the onslaught seemed to be focused from a clump of trees to the west. They were well concealed, though, for I couldn't see anyone there. Haydar ran swiftly to my side, his arm bleeding from where an arrow had barely nicked him. There must be around thirty or so men in the trees over there, he exclaimed, pointing animatedly. Why does that sound so weird? They dressed in green. They're dressed in green. Knowing what he said was likely true, I threw my halberd to the ground and drew my sword. So obviously a scimitar is not a sword because he uses the words interchangeably. Like he's, he uses sword in some places and scimitar in others. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's a little, I think he said it's a little shorter, but I don't know. And it's like, I think it's like the broad one. Like they use in Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, sure. Sure. You know what? That sounds good. <laughs> like the ones in Aladdin. The ones in Aladdin. <coughs> I would Google it, but... Yeah. Oh, well. There aren't many places to hide, I said, and grinned at the burly... Horror dream. I think that sounds right. I could tell that he immediately caught on to what I was suggesting, his eyes lighting up in excitement. Charge, I cried as I rallied my fellow soldiers. Leaping into a sprint, I ran in the direction of the trees, not bothering to look back. But as I gained speed, I heard the men let out a loud battle cry as they charged behind me. We were within thirty or so feet of the trees when I saw our enemy. There were only several dozen men dressed in green cloaks and wearing scarves to cover their pale faces. They let off a volley of arrows, and I heard a cry of pain behind me as one hit its mark. We kept running. As we persisted in our charge, the cloaked men seemed shaken, and several of them ran. I was the first to reach them, and I quickly cut down a man who stood in front of me. The rest of the loke rim made contact, and the clanking of steel filled the air, the scent of blood filling my senses. <clears throat> Many of the men wore leather cur- cur- cuirasses, all bearing the same symbol, a white tree, but it was soon stained red with their own blood. We would give no quarter. As I watched, I knew they would have run long ago if not for one man, who I assumed was their captain. He waved a banner back and forth, urging his men to fight on with cries of encouragement. He managed to cut down many of our men who attempted to silence. I think it was supposed to be many. It says any of our men. He managed to cut down many of our men who attempted to silence him, his sword stained with their blood. But no matter what he did, the battle would be over in a matter of time. Regardless, it would be easier with him out of the way. I leapt toward the captain with a cry, quickly closing the distance between us. Clearly a man skilled in combat, he deftly dodged my attack and continued to shout. Nothing would silence him unless it was death. His reddish blonde hair ruffled in the wind, and he held the banner in defiance. <clears throat> the captain had a noble air, I thought to myself. It would be a shame to kill him, but it needed to be done, so I attacked again, this time more aggressively. The man stood strong against my attacks, refusing to budge an inch. He was strong. Just then, one of his men called out to him. Faramir, we must fall back. Their forces are too great. The captain, evidently named Faramir, am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay. Swiftly jumped away from me, calling out to his men. Retreat, retreat, back to the town. His eyes locked with mine, his expression seeming to question whether I'd let him retreat. The distrust in his eyes was evident, but I saw that he was a noble man. Something about him was different than most, alike to the purity of cold mountain water cascading down a fall. That is a very interesting comparison. <laughs> yeah. I like it. 
For reasons beyond my comprehension, I gave a slight nod. I didn't even fully realize why I was doing it. Perhaps it was because I was simply tired of killing. He looked at me gratefully, though still slightly distrustful, as if he couldn't quite believe what was happening, and turned away, disappearing into the night. And that is the end of chapter 9. I love it. Like, because we got so deep into that part of Middle Earth that Tolkien doesn't really talk about. And then now, Faramir, Boromir. I know. And it's like, oh yeah, it is Lord of the Rings. And it's like, yeah, so like this is all what's happening on yeah. the other side of it from yeah. someone else's perspective. And it's I love so it. <laughs> and it's so well done. It is. It's so None of that so felt, for, felt, yeah, felt forced. That's how you say that. Yeah. No, none of it felt forced at all. Very, it was... Fit. Yeah. And you could, you feel, you like, you, it just, it, you, you get put in, it's just like the old cliche of like, we'll walk a mile in someone else's shoes, like, you're truly seeing it from a different right. perspective. Like, right, and he's, it's just all the feels. Right. I love it. I, like, I really, this is a book that I would love to see published. Like, just to have mm-hmm. in my hand, not reading just like, it. Yeah, just to be able to get it yeah. in, like, a... Yeah, and not just, like, reading it on the computer. Like, it's one that I would love yes. to curl up and just get lost in, like, well, so I easy. Well, for you. No, that's okay, honey. It's okay. <laughs> I have that power. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, um, he finally figured out the word count, and it's, I think it's a little bigger than Younger Prince. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, or about wow. the same size. Wow, okay, okay. So you need to talk to him about that other idea that we had. Like, I kind of want to get on Skype with him, too, and throw around some ideas for for the, uh, My Brother's Crown. What was your idea? The alternate ending, and going with that for Younger Prince. Oh, yes, although we probably shouldn't just, like, (laughs) sitting here, like... Oh, we're just putting all the business out there. We're going to put all of it out there. We're not telling you guys anything. But, yeah, but... Like, I kind of want to talk and talk to him, like, what do you think? Like, like, yes, I'm down. Here's what we have planned out. Here's what we had planned yeah. out, but, shoot, what if we went with this? What are some... Yeah, what are... Yeah. So, because clearly he's got a mind for... Very much um, so. Uh, battles. Yeah. And, like, it, he's, like, yeah. That's very much his... Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, and I, I mean this in the best way possible, Caleb. I absolutely do, so please don't take this the wrong way. But this right here is so much better than the first, like, chapter or two <laughs> when it was all just like, oh, my God, Layla, I'm so in love with her. Like, I get like, what he was doing there because he was laying the foundation for yeah. him being... Uh, Over it. Well, it completely, like, having nothing left. Yeah. You know, and so I totally get it, but this is just... This is his forte. This is right that, here. That's, that's what he's good at. <coughs> he, he'll admit that he's not very good at writing romance. Yeah. He tries. No, I mean, it was fine. That's and it, it got the point across. Uh, yeah, no, and, it, it absolutely still, did. But caught, this, this is. Still held your attention. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it makes you wonder, like, well, shoot, if she's not part of this story, she's such an important part of this guy's life, like. Now what? Now what, yeah. And, yeah. and he just went and he elevated it from there. Mm-hmm. So I'm very. Very, very much well enjoying done. this. Very well done, sir. Very well. <laughs> wow, you got a sir out of her. That's <laughs> very well done, sir. <laughs> I said good day. That's a good day. <laughs> good morning. I said good day. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. I, I guess, guess that's it. That's a wrap. Yep. 
sorry if we can't merge them. If we can't merge the two recordings and you just jumped in on a super weird part, it's fine. Because <laughs> you were like, and that's why she doesn't read. <laughs> I did. I was like, and that's why she doesn't read. It's not that she can't read. She can. Kind of. <laughs> and the grass was green. <laughs> so and that one spot. The grass was green. Where it was grass. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But the sky was... <laughs> Blue. Okay. <laughs> okay, now we're rambling. No, All right, guys, until next time. Okay. Have a good week. Have a oh, go watch the Tolkien trailer. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. Go freaking watch the Tolkien trailer. There is a movie coming out about our dude's life. Yes, and it comes out on May 10th. Yes. And I want to see it's it. It's basically about his childhood, his time in the war, and like how all those experiences birthed. The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth and all of it. And I'm I so excited. Need it. And to anyone on here that is any sort of nerd, especially comic book nerd, the guy who plays Beast in X Men is the one playing Tolkien, and he is a phenomenal actor. That's so, name. Uh, Nicholas Holt, I think, oh. something like that. Okay. Have you seen any of the new X Men movies? No. Okay, yeah, you don't know what I'm talking about. Caleb, if you've seen him, it's Beast from the new one, like Days of Future Past and stuff like that. So, so good. I'm so excited. <laughs> It's gonna be great. for this movie. It's, it's our be, dude's like, it's, life. It's, it's, our, like, it's, it's our dude. It's our dude. It's our dude. It's our guy. <laughs> I had no idea this movie was a thing until yeah, today when I saw. I was just scrolling through Facebook and it was like, oh, the new. It was like um, new trailer for J.R.R. Tolkien. Blah, blah blah. And I'm like, I was. I thought it was the Amazon thing. Oh yeah. And I was like, what? They haven't even cast that yet. Like they don't even know what's going on with that. They just have like a budget set. And then I saw it was an actual Tolkien movie. I'm like, this is amazing. Excuse me. <laughs> I did. I was like, I, just, I put my headphones in. I'm like, I'm just going to watch this right here, right now. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, everyone go check out that trailer. It's yes, going to be so for good. sure. And we will talk to you next week. week. Sometime. Sometime in the future. Probably Thursday. Right before you leave, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah, because I would rather not. I mean, I'm off for my birthday, so we can't do right. it Friday if we need to, but I'd rather not. It's my birthday! Next week's my birthday. So send. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> Please tell me that's from something I <laughs> it love. Is. Just your imagination. Not, <laughs> no, no. It's from something, but nothing you would know. Okay. Well, anything they would know? What is Please it? Please send token birthday memes. No, it's not something they would know. Okay. Please send um, token birthday memes. Yes, please do that. Or please just memes in general. Really, only Caleb sent memes. Caleb sent more memes. Caleb sent more memes. It's your only, it's your only it's, like purpose in life yes, anymore. Yes, that is your job, sir. Roll the internet. Send us send memes. memes. You do that anyway. You just have to send it to us. <laughs> just us. No one else. Don't just post it anywhere. Else. Just us. Don't. Just us. Okay. All right. We're going to wrap it up before we keep yeah, rambling. Before we keep rambling. And we're clear. And we're clear. <laughs> Wait. Bod. His name's Bod. <laughs> How do you know? Um, um I, I am. Am. <laughs> That's like the best part of that movie.
It is one of the best parts because Bilbo is so just over there, crap. He's just he's just, he's just sitting <laughs> he's there with like, well, his arms folded, like mm, I, asked I him. asked him, you know, because that's what people do. Yeah, he is mm. over there, crap. I'm gonna watch those again. Actually, I think that's the plan this weekend is to watch all of it. Oh really? Oh, I don't know if I got them on the on the flex. I don't know if I got it's them. Okay. I don't even know them. if I'm going over there now because oh, it depends on what our parents sick. do. Because people are sick and I don't have time to be sick. I'm dreading going home. I've been gone. Do you have to go home tonight? Yeah, because I gotta finish packing. Oh, lame. Yep. Just like sneak in, like in the middle of the night. Got the, like the T Rex arms? Yes. Can you wear a T Rex costume? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just like hum the Pink Panther. Yes. Just sneak in and pack and then sneak back out. Maybe the sickness won't get you if it's dark. I'll follow you. I'll follow you. That would be kind of amazing. Why isn't our life a reality show? Because we're lame. Actually, we're actually not that cool. But we do have a Wattpad now, so that's cool. That is cool. Our very own Wattpad, minus our like personal accounts. Oh, right, yeah, because that <laughs> probably would have been smart to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, but it's just Chronicles of Fiction. Is it a capital F? Yeah, capital C, capital F. So no capital for Chronicles and then capital F for Fiction. Yep. No spaces. And you can send us stuff, um, DM us. Um, I'm on there pretty frequently. Um, and I also get notifications, so like if you send me something, then I'll I'll see it. Um, and so that's something that I can, I will definitely respond on because it's. So yeah, recommendations, yes. comments on anything, mm-hmm. especially anything? while we're reading Sands of Rune. Yes. Um, also I just put on there all of the contest entries for the Distant Lands Awards. Um, so if you, they're all listed there. Um. The deadline was, I think, a few days ago. So, him and I are now reading all of the entries. And there have been some really good ones. That's good. Like, we're going to have all of the stuff to read. Like, even the ones that some of them, you know, only somebody can win. But right. Like, but, like, wow. That's awesome. It's going to be, it's great. Um, so, yeah, y'all go check that out. Send us mm-hmm. stuff. Send us recommendations to Somebody read. Please send us memes. <laughs> Besides, I just, I just want one. Like Caleb, I really appreciate the memes. But if somebody else would like to send a meme, <laughs> just one, <laughs> just one, just one. Oh, I'm gonna post birthday me those birthday. Um, oh yes, please do. Because um, Because tomorrow's my birthday. Tomorrow's birthday, and she's gonna be older. I am. <laughs> I am. We're not gonna talk about how old. 27. I'm surprised you even knew that. <laughs> yes, I will be. I, I will be 27. That's funny because I, I can remember everyone else except for Michael. <clears throat> Michael's the one I always get confused. He's either 23 or 24. He's 23 because all of us are uneven numbers, except for him. Right. And now me. And so he's gonna be. He's gonna. So hit we're an all. Even we're number. yeah. We're all gonna go on on odd numbers, and he's gonna go on even numbers. Yeah, because he's. A problem child. Yes. <laughs> All right then. It probably made very little sense. Yeah, to everyone, but it made sense to us. <laughs> it made sense. To us. <laughs> Sorry. 
well, we're going to dive into this. Is there anything else we need to go over? Um, I don't think so. You see, I don't remember much from last week. Yeah, no, me either, because we did it really fast last week. Yeah, because it was a short. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I think we're... Good. good to just start reading? Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to start with chapter 10 today. We'll probably read chapters 10 and 11. Are we good for those? Like. Yeah. Okay. Because <clears throat> someone's got to get home and finish packing for her trip. Yep. Lame. Four days. I'm Move on my four-day weekend, so. Yeah. Living it up. As in... She woke up. Like, and then I five woke up before I got here. Yeah, and it that is twelve fifteen. Yeah, she's not lying. It was pretty great. It nice. I don't think I went to bed till after one though. So, oh, to be fair, nice too. I was out by nine thirty. Yeah, because I got home at ten thirty from work, and then we watched the new Halloween movie. Oh. So, which was pretty great. I want to just like watch a movie. Actually, I like movies if I go to the theater. But I don't really care watching them at home. I don't. I think it's a commitment thing. That's so weird. I know. I love watching movies. But the new Halloween was really good. Anyone on here that's fans of the Halloween franchise, the new one was really, really good. I enjoyed it. I haven't seen any. Oh, no, you, I, know I don't know if you would like them or not. I don't yeah. know if you like, like, horror slash suspense movies. Uh, but then sometimes you maybe? just gotta see a good one. Yeah. Although I saw, like, part of it. It's I feel like different though. I, I Which like one of the new ones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if I would have started, because like I watched like 15 minutes like right in the middle, so I didn't quite understand what's going on. So I feel right. like I would have enjoyed it more if I. Right. And it is a little bit different because it's just it, it's they deal with some of the I don't want to say supernatural, but more of just like an imaginative horror aspect uh, of it. That's more see, Stephen that's King's so imaginative, whereas. Halloween is more like this could actually happen in real life, like a serial killer type thing. You know, let's stick with it. <laughs> because I listened to two episodes of My Favorite Murder and then I'm calling Caleb high. I don't want to go outside by myself. Uh huh. Yep. So, but it was really good. I really enjoyed it. But that's why I was, I said I drank half of a sleep drink and so I was just out till. Thankfully, I rolled over and looked at my phone and it was 11 o'clock and I was like, Oh, yeah, she's probably going to be here in like half an hour. I better get up. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. It's my birthday weekend. I'll sleep if I want to. That sleep. It's my birthday. Sleep. I will sleep if I want to. That's me. Okay. <laughs> okay, then. <clears throat> Chapter 10, Enemy at the Gate. Let us know how you guys are liking this book, because I'm very much in love with it. I'm always excited to read more. He's convinced <coughs> I haven't read it. He's like, you haven't read it. I was like, I swear I read, I read it. Because at that point, I was, like, terrified of everybody on the internet, and so I didn't vote or comment. Oh, yeah. Until, like, the third book, and then I would, like, comment occasionally. Right. It's like, no, I read it. <laughs> I just don't remember anything. <laughs> you short-term memory loss. Short-term memory loss. I don't believe this. No, no, it's true. It's true. It runs in my family. I mean, I mean, at least I think it does. Hmm. Where are they? Can, Can I help, help you? you? 
I don't believe this. There's something wrong with you, really. You're wasting my time. I have to find myself. Hello! Hello! <laughs> <gasps> Name's Bruce! Well, hi! I could keep going. Oh, I but know. We have a, the whole movie. But we have a podcast to do. Well, that'll be our, that'll be our side podcast. Why does this shock, right? <laughs> If you don't know what she was quoting, then we can't be one, friends. One, you're lame, and two, it was Fighting Nemo. And three, and we can't should, be friends. And we can't be friends, but you should still watch it. I don't care if you are 20 years old; you still need to. I don't watch care for 40. If you haven't seen Finding Nemo, you haven't seen Finding Nemo exactly. <clears throat> Literally the best and probably most quotable Disney Pixar film yes. ever. Yes. I love it. That and Cars. I feel like Cars is made Cars quotable. is pretty quotable. I do quote that one all the time. Okay, chapter okay. 10. Okay, well, we got this. Enemy at the gate. Start reading. The keen thrill of battle course, still coursed through my veins even after the last of the enemy had retreated. However, as I glanced around and began counting our losses, it began to slowly recede, leaving me flushed and breathless. Still scattered on the battlefield, three of our men lay dead, crimson blood tarnishing their armor. Around the twenty, around twenty green-clad men littered the field, their bodies stained heavily with their own blood, seeping into their cloaks and hair. It had been a relatively clean victory for us, fortunately. <clears throat> but how had they found us in the first place? How had they known where we camped, where we were camped? Suddenly, hearing footsteps, I turned to see a soldier approaching me. He wore the distinctive red scarf of an officer, the thin cloth fluttering loosely in the wind. Your bravery today is commendable, he said in a thick runic accent that I almost couldn't understand. I shall tell Lord Carnar of it. Well done, son. Heartily, he clapped a hand on my shoulder, squeezing it in praise. And though I couldn't see most of his face, the wrinkles around the man's eyes indicated that he was smiling. Thank you, sir, I said, and saluted crisply. The officer... <sighs> Readily saluted back, then turned on his heel and trotted off to check up on the rest of the men, I assumed. <clears throat> Sighing, I glanced around once more. Hadar stood over the body of an enemy soldier a short distance away. A mournful look was on his face as he stared down, almost guiltily. Bro furring in slight confusion, I made my way brow furring in slight confusion. I made my way over to him, sheathing my sword. Around us, Easterlings took the bodies away one by one. It is a sad thing, Hadar murmured as I approached, almost as if talking to himself, that one should die so young and so far from home. Interested in my friend's train of thought, I followed Hadar's gaze to the enemy soldier's face. The man was no older than me and had flowing brown hair. What once would have been rather well-kept was now matted with dark blood. The young man's countenance was frozen in fear, as though he had felt much pain in his last moments. Why must we fight one another endlessly? Hadar asked rhetorically. Read rhetorically? <clears throat> Nobody wins. This man lost his life, was cut down before he could truly live his life, and I survived. But next time it may be me that dies. Someone always dies. Sighing softly, he looked meaningfully up at me. Are these men truly evil? Are they responsible for the sins of their ancestors? Feeling a spring of emotion well up in my stomach, I didn't answer. Instead, looking down at the ground, I wasn't quite sure why his words were so meaningful. They were just said with so much conviction. But more than that, I knew deep down that he was right. Wincing, I pushed the thought away. If it were true, 
I had the blood of innocence on my hands, and that wasn't something I was willing to accept at the moment. Listen to me, Roquel, Hadar exclaimed, firmly placing a bloody hand on my shoulder. He shook me gently for emphasis. Why are we even fighting? What possible reason is there, is there for this to go on? My head snapped up and I locked eyes with him. Because we have a sense of duty to our country. Our country relies on us to keep them safe. You may not understand, you're a mercenary, but I do. Hadar's eyes widened in disbelief. The country that enslaved you? The country that killed your friend? You're choosing to side with a country that has done more evil than you can account for. When did you deceive yourself into believing you owe them anything? They murdered someone close to you and you're just going to stand with them? His words burned and I felt the familiar feeling of defensiveness rise within me, tying a knot in my stomach. Do not speak of that. Do not. Eyes flashing in rage, I turned stiffly and strode away. <coughs> Who was he to speak like that? He didn't understand. However, deep down, there crawled a small worm of doubt, something that could not be ignored. But I pushed it away, not willing to believe that I was fighting for an evil cause. If I believed that, I'd have nothing to fight for, and I had to fight. <coughs> the next morning, we continued our march. The sun rose in the east as it always did, its soft golden light fighting to break through the thick fog that rested idly on the plain. It was almost beautiful. As we walked, the brittle dirt crunched under our feet, creating a cloud of dust behind us. At first, no one minded at all, however, it did become an issue at midday. We had just come to an area where the road grew wider and the landscape was greener. Suddenly, we heard the orcs take off at a run, hurrying past on either side in a blur, disregarding the marching order. They loped past us into the front of the line, causing the whole army to falter. The steady march stopped. Halt! An Easterling officer shouted. <clears throat> the lines paused in their step, at least the ones who hadn't already to stop because of the interference. We all stood in confusion, unsure of what would take place. The org's leader was a brute named Ergbuzz. Despite, despite his hunched, bow-legged stance, he stood a full head taller than any of us, making him a rather intimidating orc. He stepped forward confidently, approaching Lord Karnar. We want a spot in the front of the line, Ergbuzz declared making a strange choking sound in his throat. Lord Karnar looked demeaningly down at him from atop his black seat. I have assigned you to the back. You're under my orders. Obviously unsatisfied by this, Ergbuzz growled and sped on the ground near Lord's feet. Karnar didn't even blink. Ah, I don't much like your orders. Neither do my boys over here. He sneered disrespectfully at the Easterlings. Immediately, as one great crowd, we all drew our swords in defense, the sound of steel being pulled from its scabbards filling the air. <clears throat> it was rather intimidating, and we numbered more than them. Now uncertain, the orc looked at us in fear and with no small amount of disgust, but he wasn't going to risk his life, not now. Fine, he muttered stiffly, but notice, a happy soldier is a good soldier. With that, he ordered his foul company back, and they passed with growls and sneers. We kept our swords in hand, brandishing them at the orcs. We'll have no more insubordination, Lord Karnar shouted to still the clamor. The next to disobey or challenge orders will be executed. He glared at Ergbuzz, who suddenly started setting a spot on the ground below him. Seeing the sudden quiet, Karnar nodded and swung his horse around. We continued our march. Naturally, there were no further incidents. Ooh, so this is switching to third person. I'm guessing. Yes. Yes. Boromir watched what? I just saw Boromir. Oh, Boromir watched carefully, staring over the white walls of Ooh, Ker Sirion. I 
don't know. Okay. Shouldn't have asked. With a trained <laughs> eye. The land around the city was unfamiliar to him as he hadn't been there often. Below him, he could see the Anduine following along the northeast of the city, and he listened idly to the sound of its constant roar. This was a beautiful city. Caer Syrian, tall and majestic, was one of the north most, northernmost cities of Gondor, and being in the north, it had its fill of strange characters. Dwarves often came through the Dwarves often came through selling wares and purchasing the fine jewelry that the city was known for, and on occasion they even came to live there. Men and women of Rohan were also a frequent sight. The city was situated at the meeting of the Entwash and the Anduin, and so many people found it an easy place to come and stay, but its distant location also made it a prime target for enemies. It had been pillaged and rebuilt too many times to count. However, the people were proud to say that it was now the strongest it had ever been. Despite this, Boromir was still worried. Gondor's forces were stretched thin as it was, but if they won here, and that was a big if, they could possibly be strong enough to retake Osgiliath. But that was a far distant hope. That was something that would only happen if they didn't lose too many men. Yet, if they lost, the Andu- is it Anduin? Or Andu- Anduin? 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 The Anduin would be under Sauron's control. Bormir couldn't let that happen. He was pulled away from his thoughts when he saw a movement outside. Ten men approached the city gates at a run, clearly tired. Their cloaks were torn and bloodied, and some of them ran with distinct limps. One of the men in particular he recognized well. Faramir, what happened? Boromir cried from atop the wall, his voice booming across the plain. The gates creaked open, and Faramir ran through, looking disheveled and fearful. He had obviously come from a fight. Quickly, Boromir descended the stairs and met him in the courtyard. Their forces are strong, very strong, and well-trained. These are no mere tribesmen we face. Faramir explained breathlessly, distress written on his face. It was clear he and his men had run the whole way. Slow down, brother. How many are there? Were you able to get a count? Boromir asked, putting a hand on his brother's shoulder. Faramir looked him in the eyes. Yes, but it isn't good. There are around 600 Easterlings. They have Southron mercenaries, perhaps about 50. And there are 100 orcs. They have more than doubled our own forces here. Faramir looked at his brother grimly. Nodding, the older brother observed Faramir's garrison, or what was left of it. How did so few of you survive? He asked, changing the subject. There was less than half of what he had sent his brother out with. The Easterlings recovered from our ambush quickly and launched a counterattack. We would have survived, but for... He trailed off thoughtfully. But for what? Boromir pressed, his brow furrowing. furrowing. It's nothing, Faramir said evasively. Boromir frowned, but respected his younger brother's face. When he wanted to tell him, he would, and rushing it would do nothing for him. I'm glad you're alive at any rate. Smiling, he put an arm around his little brother. He didn't know what he would have done if Faramir had, had been a part of the casualties. It would have likely killed him inside. We should send a messenger to tell father, Faramir said meekly, averting his gaze to the ground. Boromir sighed quietly. He knew his little brother couldn't possibly take another lecture from their father. Not now. Nonsense. He doesn't need to know. We'll just tell him that an enemy army is on the move. Boromir waved it off with a shrug, leading them to the top of the wall. As they both watched the forest on the other side of the river, there was a small silence. A good silence, despite everything they were going through. They'll need boats if they mean to cross, Faramir observed suddenly. That or they'll cross north of the city and attack from the west. Boromir glanced over at the western wall, which was significantly smaller and weaker, and silently agreed. Faramir had a point. Then we can't let them cross, he added firmly. 
You're right, but we do not have enough men to face them in an open battle. We'll have to send what's left of your men to harry them if they attempt the crossing. Fairmere raised an eyebrow. I don't have enough men to effectively hold them. You have enough to make the crossing difficult for them. Then you can retreat back to the city and he, uh, he stopped abruptly. What is it? Fairmere anxiously followed Borbier's gaze and his jaw dropped. The Easterlings had come. And now we're switching back to Rukil's point of view. <clears throat> the city's the city stood tall on the far side of the river, gleaming white in the sunlight. I stood calmly with the rest of the formation, watching from our vantage point on the bank of a river. We looked expectantly out at a city across from us, observing its exterior and surrounding lands. It had to be admitted the structure was impressive. Large white sun-bleached walls were the first thing I saw, followed by a dark banner that, wore, that bore a white tree. It waved proudly on the ramparts, whipping and fluttering in the crisp wind. I could also see the outline of two men atop the wall. They seemed to be speaking to each other. <clears throat> At the moment, they seemed oblivious to our arrival. But suddenly we were noticed, and one of them jumped in surprise, pointing and yelling at us. His verse alerted other soldiers. Pushing ahead of us, Lord Cornwall rode briskly to the front of the line, ten of his bodyguards trailing behind him. The feared... Ugh, catafracts? Their horses were massive, heavily muscled from flank to neck, and covered in scaled golden armor. Two curved horns protruded from their metal masks, giving them a demonic appearance. They were something to be feared. While the horses seemed menacing and evil, even they could not compare to their riders. The men on top were just as, if not more, intimidating than their dark steeds. They wore hamlets similar to our own, though horns protruded from them that matched those of their mounts. The armor of their soldiers of their shoulders spiked upward, making the men appear taller than they already were. They carried long, cruel lances that bore the banner of Rune. They were fitting. They were a fitting bodyguard, especially to one so majestic as their lord. At the head, Karnar turned and faced us, his eyes filled with fire and determination. He knew how he wanted this day to end. <clears throat> My loyal men, today we have the honor of being, of being the vanguard. The first to fight. Take pride in yourselves. He paused as if to savor the moment. A buzz of uncertainty and excitement ran through the group. For after us, what happens today, war will follow. A great war. Some of you have never been in a battle. Some of you have never killed. Some of you don't want to take lives. Once again, Carnard paused in his speech, drawing it out meaningfully. He wanted to make sure everyone understood and heard him clearly. This was not a speech made on a whim. This was important. But today you will. Killing is not desirable, nor is it always right, but you must understand. Sometimes it must be done. Sometimes we have no choice, and that is much shameful. Today is one such time. Blood will be spilled, many on both sides will die. But I will do my best to assure that the city runs red, not with our blood, but with theirs. Remember your families, remember your people, and most importantly, remember this day, which will be remembered as the beginning of the final war. The crowd cheered, the roar rising to a deafening clamor. I readily joined in with my comrades, the crowd sweeping me away. Together as one unit, we raised our mighty weapons and shields, rattling them together. I was sure the people of the city were shaking in their boots if they hadn't been already. Wearing a look of steely determination, Lord Karnar raised his sword into the air, and the Battle of Kersirion began. I'm tired. It's getting real. It is getting real. Is it going to load? I don't know.
that's a cool picture. That is a cool picture. I feel like all the chapters have a lot of cool pictures. Yeah, all the illustrations are really good. Okay. Nine minutes. Okay. I had been unexpectedly summoned by Lord Carnar just after the battle begun. I was now in his tent, along with around twelve of his officers. I had waited while they were given orders, slightly confused as to why I was there. After all, I wasn't an officer, but it was soon revealed to me. Rukil, Lord Carnar said as he turned to face me. Captain Ordun told me of your valor during the ambush at Degorlud. It's rare to see such leadership, so I have chosen you to lead a, a special mission. At this, he leaned over the table and unfolded a paper which had a rough map of the city drawn onto it. <clears throat> the wall that we are currently facing is tall and very thick. We would be able to breach it, but it would take time. And we do not have time, as each hour we tarry here, the chance of Gondorian reinforcements arriving increases. However, a scout told us that the western wall is weak. In fact, it is made of wood. He pointed to the western part of the city, where a thin line represented the wall. A culvert runs through it that lets the ant wash flow through. <sighs> oh, excuse me. This culvert is covered by a metal grate. The metal grate is designed to keep boats out. However, an individual soldier could slip through easily enough. He locked eyes with me. That is your task. You will sneak in through the gate, through the grate at nightfall and open the main gate of the east wall. Our soldiers will be waiting to strike and move in. I trust you and you alone to lead the force infiltrating the city. <clears throat> and I trust you to pick three good men to accompany you. I saluted. I won't let you down, sir. Lord Connor smiled and picked up his battle-worn helmet from the table. That is why I chose you, Wilkill. Now go. Choose your companions and choose wisely. I picked my way carefully through the battle lines, making sure to stay behind the archers who fired periodically at the walls of Kyr's Syrian. Catapults had been hastily constructed by the engineers, and these two were firing upon the enemy. The rocks fired from them were first drenched in oil and then lit on fire. They launched the flaming rounds over the walls in an attempt to burn the city, and it was clear that their attempts weren't entirely in vain. Occasional cries of agony came from the city, and as I glanced toward it, I saw the thick black smoke wafting up from behind the walls. Although I was fascinated, yet somewhat horrified by the spectacle, I forced myself to focus on my task. Right now, that was finding Hadar. I had decided that he and Brand would be excellent choices to accompany me on my mission, as they were the only men that I truly trusted. I assumed Hadar was with the rest of the mercenaries, and it was correct. They weren't all hard to find, either. Unlike the Lokren, who stood in silent attention, the mercenaries were laughing loudly, and they seemed to be rolling dice of some sort. Several of them looked up as I approached. What are you doing out of formation, Easterling? Get lost? A small, skinny Herodrim was warrior asked. He had a ring through his nose and was completely bald. His large ears and long crooked nose made me think of a rat. No, I'm looking for someone, I said firmly, trying to sound in charge. Well, you must be looking somewhere else, the skinny man said, stepping closer to me. I glared down at him, not even slightly intimidated. I called his bluff. He was merely trying to act tough around his friends. As if on cue, Hadar appeared from behind several other mercenaries, grinning and holding a pouch of coins in his hand, which he quickly stuffed into his pocket. Parash, lay off. He's a friend of mine. Hadar shoved the runt out of the way as he approached and looked at me quizzically. I need you to help me with something, I said vaguely. I wasn't sure how secret our mission was, but despite me not giving details, Hadar seemed to understand and nodded. Count me in, he said with a grin. I am, I'm in too, a quiet voice said from behind me. 
I turned in surprise to see the mysterious man from the camp standing there, the claw-like blades on his hands silently clicking as he ran his thumb and forefinger together. He wore a red and blue scarf that covered his head and face, but his green eyes still shone unnervingly in the twilight dark. <clears throat> Seeing him now so close to me, I realized he was tall, taller than me. I noticed the strange foreign-looking daggers at his sides. I glanced uncertainly back at Hadar. He shrugged. Your name? He asked, turning back to face the strange man. I have no name, he murmured, but some call me Fox. Where do you hail from, Fox? I wanted to gain as much information about him as I could. I didn't trust him. <sighs> Where I come from does not concern you, only my ability to fight, he said, his voice devoid of any accent that I could discern. Then no, you can't come, I said sharply, turning away. What made him think I'd let him in? Suddenly, I felt a hand on my arm that roughly spun me around to face him again. I have orders from Lord Karnar. He has ordered you to let me come. I'll ask him for myself, I asserted. No need. I have a written missive here. He pulled out a piece of parchment. It bore Lord Garnar's seal. I sighed in resignation. Although I was somewhat confused that Garnar hadn't mentioned the stranger, there wasn't much I could do now. Very well, but you're under my orders when we're in the field. Understand. He, I narrowed my eyes at Fox. Perfectly well, sir, he said the words monotonously, clicking his claws together unnervingly. Hadar, do you know where Brand is? I asked, turning to face the burly <coughs> Herodrim. Yes, I'll go retrieve him, Hadar said with a salute and trotted off toward the army. Fox and I both stood in silence, sizing each other up. Something about the man unsettled me, but I couldn't quite put a finger on it. Hadar returned a moment later with Brand in tow. The blonde man was dressed in the armor of the low grim, minus the helmet. I understood why he didn't like wearing it. It was hot and heavy. All right, you three, follow me, I said, glancing at each of them in turn. I didn't trust Fox, but even if I didn't trust, but even if I didn't, I trusted the other two, and I could keep an eye on the stranger easily enough. Hadar nodded in agreement as one of the four of us plunged forward into the darkness. And as one, the four of us plunged forward into the darkness. I was like, what? We reached the ford without incident. The river banks were steep on either side, except for a narrow dip in the land on either side of the river that formed a crossing of sorts. I surveyed the far bank with a careful eye, looking out for any sign of the enemy. We were a mile or so north of the city, but I still expected that the Gondorians kept a close watch on the ford. Suddenly, I saw movement in the bushes a little way downstream. I ducked down and kept an eye on the brush that the motion had come from. It's one of them, Hadar whispered from beside me. He squinted watchfully on, out into the night. As he spoke, I caught a glint of steel from the bushes. You're right, and I doubt he's alone. I glanced over to speak to Fox, but he was gone. Curse him, I hissed quietly in frustration. I glared at Bran. You were supposed to be watching him. Bran looked bewildered. He was just here a moment ago. I sighed in annoyance. We don't need him anyway. Bran followed the river upstream, and I stopped in shock. At the far side of the river, Fox emerged from the underbrush where the Gondorian soldier had been and gave a thumbs up. I raised an eyebrow. He must have dealt with a soldier, Hader, soldier, Hadar said, confused. We all stood and I hesitantly returned the thumbs up, then crossed the ford. The water was freezing cold, but only came up to our knees. Still, by the time we reached the other side, my feet were stiff and numb, and I couldn't move my toes. Oh, my back hurts. Did you sit down? Uh-huh. you do something to me or just... Nope, it just age. Yep. <laughs> Your birthday's getting to me. 
And my sock is coming off. And my feet are cold. Oh, and you have socks on. Yeah, I do have socks on. How does the water get that cold without freezing, Hadar said, teeth chattering. <clears throat> Neither of us were used to the cold. Welcome to the West, Bran said with a smirk. The cold water hadn't affected him as much. I gave everyone a moment to dry off, and meanwhile, I surveyed the area. This side of the river was more densely wooded with large conifer trees, the like of which I had never seen casting their large, heavy bows over us. The city was barely visible from where we were, but the fire from the catapults lit up the sky above it, making it easier to see from our vantage point. It would take a while to reach it, even longer if the enemy attempted to stop us. I turned to face Fox, who was sitting on the ground, drawing shapes in the dirt with his blade gauntlet. What did you do with the soldier that was here? I asked. The strange man continued what he was doing and didn't look up. I took care of him, he said simply. Where is the body? I pressed. I took care of him, Fox repeated quietly, yet with a hint of annoyance that couldn't be ignored. I decided not to press the matter further. We make for the city, no talking unless it's completely necessary, I whispered as I forged ahead into the undergrowth. Nothing could be heard but the dull stridulating of crickets and the soft breathing of my companions. As we neared the city hours later, however, we heard the cries of the soldiers within, as well as the, as well as the occasional crash of a catapult round striking of a catapult round striking a building. My companions and I stealthily approached, coming to a stop in some bushes and a short distance from the wall. The city itself was on fire, and most of the Gondorian soldiers were preoccupied with putting said fire out, leaving the wall above the culvert unmanned. I smiled grimly at our good fortune and surveyed the culvert itself. It was just as Lord Carnar had described it. Thick steel grating covered the entrance, barring the entry of boats. However, the holes in the grating were easily wide enough to slide through, even for a wide-shouldered man such as Hadar. The water going through was chest-deep at most, and it would only be a matter of wading through a short distance to the culvert. I turned my head to face my companions. Hadar, go through first. Make sure it's clear on the other side. Then Brand will follow. Then Fox. Then me. Hadar nodded and ran forwards, and silently dropped into the river. He waited until he was nearly shoulder-deep, then reached the culvert. Grabbing the grating with strong hands, he pulled himself up and through, and pulled himself up and through muscles rippling. After he dropped down on the other side, we could no longer see him from where he stood, and I began to worry. I had nothing to fear, however. For a moment later, he appeared at the top of the wall and waved. Bren glanced at me, then slowly made his way through the culvert, leaving me and Fox alone. The strange man continued to make me uneasy. Perhaps it was his strange green eyes that seemed to look through me. Perhaps it was just the inhumanly inhumanely calm way he behaved. Whatever the reason, I didn't like it. Suddenly, he turned to face me. You're made for more than this, he said, he whispered, narrowing his eyes. Before I had a chance to respond, he took off towards the culvert, melting uncannily into the shadows. What in Morgoth's name was that about? I thought to myself. I tried to think, I tried not to think about it, but for some reason, those simple words still resonated in my head. Why was I here? Was I meant for something more? Now it's not the time for mind games, I mentally reprimanded myself, especially not because of the words of a stranger. Why were his words affecting me so much? Shaking my head dismissively, I jumped forward and determinedly made my own way to the culvert, while the seeds of doubt began to eat away at the back of my mind. And that is the end of chapter whatever. Eleven? <laughs> Eleven. I think. Eleven, I think. Oh. You're very good. Very good. Very much enjoying it. Did you vote on it? No. Nope. <laughs> it's probably too late. Then now. Or not. 
Or not. It's just not gonna load. Oh well. You tried. I'm not even gonna, not even gonna fight with it. Oh. Well, alright then. Anything to add at the end of this? Um. Ooh, while you were reading it, I had an idea for an int one shot. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. But I don't want to say yet because it's not a full thought yet. Good, then write it. Could be an. Could be an int. I'll be um. waiting for it then. <laughs> you know they're my favorite. Yeah. Um, I think next week or the week after. Oh wait, no. I think he's only wanting us to read the ultimate winner, not just the round winners. So we'll okay. have winners to announce. Okay. So that will be coming. Are you guys gonna work on that this weekend? We're gonna try and get it done before. Okay. So the next. Um. I guess he's gonna do that today. Okay. I guess I'm supposed to do that today. <laughs> Shoot. Because <laughs> I'm not gonna have any time tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but, and then he's going to do the next okay. one, which I think he's decided on a location, but I'm not going to say it on air because he hasn't announced it yet. Okay. But I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I, I really like, I really like this next place. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a little more, if he decides to go with that one, it's a little more common. Okay. But it's not Mirkwood. Oh, well. I went my Lothlorien. Now, there's an idea. Because Mirkwood is, it, it's like Mirkwood the Shire. It's like, oh, yeah, overdone. But Lothlorien, I think, is really cool. Not it to is. mention the elves there are pretty interesting. It'd be hard to get, because oh, you'd get a lot of, um... Because we talked about a couple places. That one didn't come up. Um, but we're afraid of getting your typical... Right. Um, it would girl be, falls in love with... Entwood would be cool, too. Blonde. I'm just saying. Hmm? Entwood would be cool, too. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> Actually, Bangle, that, that would be a... Yeah, I know. That would be an interesting idea. Yeah, I know. Because that would be difficult. That could be like our later round. Right. And you would, it's, it'd be hard to mess that up with character. Although, so far there haven't been any. I've been so proud of all of these entries. Because we haven't found, we're not done reading them, but there hasn't been any elves. Oh, wow. Which, like, I love, yeah. I love elves as much as the next person when they're in the right place. Right, right. If they're out of place, like, they shouldn't be... There, if there, you're going to put an elf in the Shire, there should be a very, very, very good logical reason. Right, right. Um, True that. Be very difficult to do. True that. But, yeah, so that's where that's going. Alright, so I guess we'll be announcing some winners soon. Yep. He's doing best cover as well, which okay. is so cool because a lot of the covers are like super cool and I'm yeah. glad I don't have to make that decision because I'd be like, and here's all of them. five of them. Here's <laughs> all of them. Uh, yeah, because there's, there's some really cool covers. That's awesome. Um, I guess that's it. Do you have anything to I don't add? think so. I don't think so. You're really interesting today. Yeah, I'm tired today. <laughs> it's my day off, Sam. So. You're just not awake yet. I'm just like, you're tired that you haven't woken up yet. That too, yeah. 
plan on going back to sleep, actually. I mean, go for it. I want to <laughs> go back to sleep. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Well, well till next time. Till next. Be safe on your trip, blah, blah. Thank you. Have fun. Y'all should see the glare she's giving me right now. Yeah. She's like, Super have hardcore. fun. Super hardcore. <laughs> but all right. We'll yeah. record again sometime next week whenever you get back yeah. and get have Tuesday, some free time. So. so probably Thursday. Yeah. All right, guys. Till next time. We're out. We're out. Bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs>